Great Plains prairies are struggling to survive, in part because of trees. And then there's different brushes too. Cerecia lespediza is the one that drives us in the Flint Hills absolutely crazy. It should be right up with heroin and cocaine. You shouldn't be able to get it. <laughs> Hear more on the podcast Up From Dust. Up to Date wants to know what you're talking about with family and friends. You can text UTD to 816-601-4777 to tell us. Again, 816-601-4777. This is Up to Date on KCUR 89.3. I'm Steve Kraske. Pope Francis has said it. Being homosexual is not a crime. He becomes the first pontiff to support the repeal of legislation that makes being gay a crime in any country where those laws exist. Still, the Pope insisted that being gay remains a sin, although he called for church leaders to support criminalizing homosexuality to be gentle with those who are gay. Joining us now to give us some insight into these remarks is Christopher White. He's the Vatican reporter for the National Catholic Reporter based here in Kansas City. He covered this story. Chris, welcome to the show. Nice to have you. Thanks, Steve. Good morning from Rome. Just how big a moment was this for the Pope and for the Catholic Church, for that matter? Well, I think it's a historical moment uh, for the Catholic Church uh, and its relationship to the LGBTQ community. Uh, this uh, is, a, you know, historically been a very fraught relationship. But what we've seen in the last 10 years of Pope Francis's papacy is no major doctrinal changes in how the Church uh, views gay relations uh, but a much more welcoming stance when it comes to the pastoral directions of this papacy compared to his most recent predecessors. Hey, did you see these remarks coming? Had he been signaling that he wanted to, uh, you know, just d- declare a different kind of position on this issue? Oh, to, you know, to date, he had never been asked directly about the question of, of criminalization. What we've seen, again, since 2013 is a softening in the language and rhetoric in which he has spoken about issues regarding uh, gay relationships. Uh, but it's, it's just been that, uh, you know, a change in language, a change in tone. This is, you know, his real first foray really into, you know, policy matters. Uh, he's, you know, two years ago, uh, he voiced his support for civil unions. Uh, so this is, you know, again, another sort of step in, in the policy realm. Uh, and it, it's one that I don't think really surprises anyone that knows the Pope or knows sort of how he approaches these issues, but for him to actually say it, uh, and specifically for him to say that Catholic leaders should work for the repeal of these laws is, I think, considered a, a new day in, in Catholic teaching. At the same time, in your story, you wrote that the Pope was still in agreement with a 2021 Vatican decree that forbid uh, forbids priests from blessing gay couples does this announcement change any of that? I gather the answer is no, right? At this moment, certainly not. There's, I, I think you could easily describe it as a very live debate over to the extent that priests can bless gay unions. We've seen it here in Europe, uh, in, in Belgium, Belgium and, and a few other places where bishops have you know, issued and published certain blessings for gay couples. Uh, but for the most part, the Vatican's doctrinal office has not signed off on that. And to date, the Pope has certainly sided with the Vatican's doctrinal office. Now, next fall, uh, there will be a big meeting of Catholic leaders around the, from around the globe here in Rome. And that will be one of the, the topics up for discussion, almost certainly. 
so I would say this is an era of, of change in, in the Catholic Church, but it remains uh, to be seen how much change uh, we'll actually see. I was going to say, so he's opening up dialogue here, but the practical effect of the Pope's statement, I gather, isn't sweeping then. Well, certainly not in the United States, but if, if you think about uh, around the world, more than 60 countries and, and jurisdictions, especially in Africa and the Middle East, you know, they, they criminalize consen consensual same-sex uh, sexual activity uh, and in some places allow for the death penalty. And that is where the Pope's uh, words could actually save lives. Uh, in, in some of these countries, we've seen it, uh, I think, back in 2021, where the bishops, the Catholic bishops in Ghana supported new legislation that tightened uh, uh, its sort of stance against the LGBT community where, where it's criminalized there. And the Catholic bishops in that country supported that. Now they no longer and very explicitly do not have the Pope's backing. So in, in places like that, uh, the Pope's words could have real, real effect. How many countries these days, Chris, criminalize same-sex sexual activities? Uh, just just around 60, 60 countries or jurisdictions. So that's a pretty sweeping number. Uh, and it, it's it's something that you know, those of us in the West don't think of, and that's why the Pope's words, you know, may not be as big of a news story here as it is in Africa. It's quite interesting. Pope Francis is traveling next next week to the Congo and South Sudan. I was going to ask uh, you. And yeah. it'll be very interesting for me to see, you know, I'll, I'll be traveling with the Pope, you know, if his words were heard there and how they're being received. Um, that's something that I think, you know, it'll take some time to sort of see how his words sort of trickle down, if you, if you will, to, through the church hierarchy and, and into the pews. Uh, but I, I think for the church leaders there in these countries, there's got to be a lot of wrestling with the Pope's words and what that means for them as, as local churches. You know, the fact that he's headed to Africa in a week or so and many of the countries there have criminalized homosexuality, does that begin to explain the timing of the Pope's announcement? Well, I, I don't know that there was any great strategic plan. If you know anything about how the Vatican's press office operates, they very rarely do offense uh, on certain stories. I think this was just an interview that took place, uh, and the interviewer was, was able to ask the question, and the Pope felt compelled to give this answer. I mean, again, I think it has to be understood in the context of, of his, his co comments over the last 10 years. In 2013, on his very first papal trip uh, down to Brazil, he was asked about gay priests, and he said, who, who am I to judge? Mm -hmm. And I think mm -hmm. that comment sort of set a new tone. Uh, later that year, the Pope was featured on the headline of the, the gay magazine, The Advocate, as their person of the year. That goes to show you how quickly there was sort of a, a change in perception of how the Catholic Church, uh, and particularly the Pope, uh, want, wants to relate to the gay community. Uh, so what we've seen is, you know, a warmer welcome and, and kinder, gentler language, but again, no changes in church teaching. We'll be right back. Have you had a chance yet to gauge the reaction to the Pope's remarks? I think, you know, immediately stateside, specifically in here in, in Europe, most, uh, you know, any sort of group that works or considers himself an ally of, of, of gay Catholics, they consider this a real step forward. Uh, I received, you know, scores of press releases yesterday 
from these types of advocacy groups saying that this could, you know, literally save lives and this is a new era and really praising the Pope for, for his words. That being said, all, most of them wanted to also say he should go further. I mean, these advocacy groups would certainly like to see the Pope uh, eventually, you know, back at least blessings of, of gay couples. Uh, but I think, you know, it's widely considered for, for these groups a, a, a real monumental but incremental step. No, I don't think these groups really exist in the same number uh, in other parts of the globe. Based on what you know of this particular Pope, Chris, is it realistic to expect that he would eventually endorse the idea of blessing same-sex couples? I think Pope Francis is quite cautious. He really tries to build unity before he makes major decisions in the life of the church. And he operates slowly. I mean, the Catholic Church often, you know, operates and thinks in, in centuries. And so just imagine he's only been Pope for 10 years. Uh, so it kind of takes a while to steer the church in, in a certain direction. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, this meeting that will take place at the Vatican next October uh, to discuss a number of sort of hot topic issues in the life of the church certainly will, will address this issue and, and wrestle with it. If there is going to be further movement, it, it may be in that regard. Uh, just this week, we saw an American cardinal, the newest uh, American cardinal from uh, San Diego, Cardinal Robert McElroy, you know, is, issuing a sweeping uh, essay saying the church really has to do a much better job of welcoming uh, gay Catholics in the gay community, and especially tone down the language which has historically defined the relationship between the two. And, you know, I, I think if you if you read his remarks with the Pope's comments yesterday, you can certainly see, you know, at least the tenor of the conversation seems to have changed. Christopher White, the Vatican reporter for the National Catholic Reporter, is my guest. You know, the, the journalist in me is curious because the Pope made these remarks to a, a reporter from the Associated Press. I'm wondering, how do interviews with the Pope, of all people, come about, Chris? Lots of wheeling and dealing, and, and I think, you know, uh, th this particular journalist, Nicole Winfield of the Associated Press, is a, a veter veteran Vatican reporter, uh, and so she was most worthy of receiving this in, uh, this interview from the Pope. Uh, you know, you, you can submit a, a formal quest request to the Vatican's press office, but I think it takes a long time to sort of work with those close to the Pope uh, to sort of try to put pressure on him and, and his allies to sort of uh, get the green light. Those of us who travel with him on papal trips, you know, when we have our, our moments of, you know, of greeting him, we'll, we'll often sort of make certain requests uh, of him. And, you know, often journalists certainly say, when we get back to Rome, I'd like to come see you and ask you a few questions on this or that. Uh, now, the, these papal interviews, um, you know, he gives interviews much more readily than his most recent predecessors uh, did. Uh, but it's still a big moment when the Pope meets press. The only other time the Pope really, you know, has to, you know, get in the hot seat is on papal tra travel when on the way back from a particular country, he gives an in-flight press conference. Yeah. And these, again, are the moments when he says things that really matter, like the who am I to judge comment uh, mm -hmm. on gay priests. Hey, have you ever had a one-on-one -on -one with him? A one-on-one -on -one interview? No. One-on-one <laughs> -on, -one, uh, on, on the plane and in other locations, yes, uh, but not a sit-down interview. This was an, an hour and I believe about an hour and a half interview, quite uh, quite serious. Uh, and I have, I have not been fortunate to have that, uh, but, you know, the, the minute the National Catholic Reporter scores 
uh, a papal interview, uh, we'll be very happy to, to come back and talk to you about it. <laughs> How momentous a moment would that be for someone like yourself, Chris? Well, I think, you know, to date, uh, Nicole's and Nicole Winfield's interview with Pope, with Pope yesterday is only the, the third time he's uh, given an interview to an American. Uh, so, again, these are very, very rare moments. And so I think that they're the, the, the golden prize for those of us in the Vatican press corps. I'm just wondering, you know, sitting down with somebody like that and you wonder how Nicole navigated those moments, because how assertive uh, as a reporter can you be when you're interviewing somebody like the Pope? Well, I can tell you, uh, you know, I think most of us uh, treat this job, you know, even if it's the Pope, you have to be willing to ask the hard questions. And if you look at the full transcript of, of the questions that were asked in that interview, she sat down with him on Tuesday. Uh, she didn't hold back. Uh, and, you know, that is one of the great privileges uh, and responsibilities of journalists, I think, is when we have these moments to, to be willing to to confront uh, and, and, and hold people, including the Pope, uh, accountable. I mean, he, you know, he was the, the comments that he made on uh, on decriminalization uh, certainly grabbed most of the headlines, but he was also really pressed on, uh, you know, his handling of, of sexual abuse cases. So I, I think it really is some, uh, these moments are, are, are rare when the Pope has to sort of, you know, give an account of his actions. Uh, and so that's why, you know, the world sort of pays attention when he does give answers like he did yesterday. What did he say about uh, priest abuse of, of young people? What Where did he go on that? Well, you know, on, on one hand, he said, you know, the Vatican's improved on its transparency o over the years, which I think it is true. The Vatican, you know, in general, the, there are better uh, guidelines out there for, you know, accountability and, uh, and, and measures in which priests and bishops can be held responsible for both abuse and its cover-up. Uh, but there are often these, you know, cases that stand out where certain protocols and procedures weren't followed. Uh, and we want answers as to what went wrong and, and why things were handled differently. So on the particular cases that the Pope, uh, you know, responded to, he, he did indicate that, look, there has to be more transparency and, and that things are still in, improving in this regard. It's certainly, uh, you know, if the church's moral credibility is to be taken seriously, it's an issue the church has to get right. You know, the Pope also addressed the state of his health with the AP reporter Nicole Winfield. What did he say about that? Well, at 86 years old, uh, the Pope said he's in, quote, normal and, and good health. You know, he admitted that, you know, he still um, has some mobility issues. We've seen him a lot recently in using wheelchair or um, a walker or a cane. But he says those, those issues are, are on the mend. Uh, and look, he's taking a very daring, very strenuous trip to Africa next week. It's a trip that, you know, I'm, I'm 35 and I think it's going to exhaust me. I can't imagine what it's going to do on, on Pope Francis. Hmm. Uh, and, you know, he also had mentioned that he had, you know, some some issues with uh, uh, his with his intestines that had, had caused some troubles. But he said, look, I could die tomorrow. But for an 86 year old, I'm in good health. Uh, he's sort of giving us a glimpse of his, his, his very dry sense of humor. You know, there's speculation that he might step down as his predecessor did, you know, Pope Benedict, and allow someone else to step up to the papacy. Is that just pure speculation, Chris? Well, it's not pure speculation because he has said that, you know, he would be open to, to resigning one day if he felt that he could no longer continue with the job. Uh, now, he's also made very clear that has not entered his mind once yet in 10 years. 
Uh, and so I, I don't think, you know, there are those that would be very eager to see this papacy uh, come to an end. You know, I'm thinking of his, his more um, uh, conservative critics here. Uh, but for him, you know, he's indicated very clearly that he intends to keep going and he's talked about doing things as far in the future as 2025. So he very much wants to press ahead with his agenda. I just want to point out that we invited representatives from the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph, and the Diocese of Kansas City in Kansas to appear on the program, but both dioceses declined. But Bishop James Johnston, the Diocese of Kansas City, St. Joseph, read a, uh, sent us a statement which read in part, same-sex attraction is not a sin. Men and women experiencing same-sex attraction have a place in our Catholic faith where they can be inspired by the gospel call to holiness and the Catholic Church's beautiful teaching of the goodness and inherent purpose of human sexuality. So that statement from uh, Bishop James Johnston here from the Kansas City area. I want to thank uh, Christopher White, again, the Vatican reporter for the National Catholic Reporter, for taking time with us today. Chris, safe travels next week in Africa, and I sure appreciate your time. Thanks, Steve. Be well. Up to Date is produced by Zach Wilson, Reginald David, Elizabeth Ruiz, Zach Perez, and Hannah Cole. Our intern is Claudia Brancart. Our announcer and engineer is Paul Nakatura. Our theme music is composed and performed by the great Bobby Watson. I'm Steve Kraske. Thanks for listening.